What up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Genie's Lamp. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the numbers and the triggers and the things that we associate and put on a fucking pedestal when it comes to weight gain, weight loss, body recompositions, calories, macros, stepping on the scales, and all the emotions and shit that are tied into that. I'm gonna try and keep this to a simple topic, or a single topic, I should say, so that way we don't actually have to worry about all the numerous things that are going to come out of this podcast episode, and that way I get more episodes out of it, and you don't get completely overwhelmed with a six-hour podcast of like, what the fuck is going on? So, we'll keep it as simple as possible, but we'll just dive in and see where we get. So, to start us off, if you are scared of tracking calories or getting on the scales and whatever else, because they're triggering, or every time you jump on the scales, it's like, oh, fuck, I knew I haven't lost weight, or this or that, or whatever it is, I'm going to talk specifically about scales now. If the scales are a massive trigger for you, we need to figure out why the trigger is there. What does, as I turn off my computer screen, why is the trigger there? Why are you triggered when you get on the scales? More often or not, more often than not, the person jumping on the scales, it's more of a confirmation bias of, I knew I'm not that good, I knew I'm not worthy of this, I knew I'm a failure, and they just sort of confirm the fact that their confidence is at an all-time low, and they have this shit relationship with themselves or self-image or weight or whatever. But then the thing that is always in the sort of back end is that, like, first off, this is beyond common. This is almost everybody that signs up. They initially come on board and they go, I don't want to look at the scales because, oh, like, it's very triggering for me. I hate the numbers around it. And I don't want to become obsessive about it or think about it all the time. And the thing I say to that is... If that's what you're worried about, you're already doing it by avoiding it. When someone comes on board or we have that initial phone call or whatever it is, and they say, I don't want to get too obsessed with whatever it is, the numbers, the scales, tracking stuff and everything like that. And I go, okay, cool. Are you not already obsessed? Are you not already always thinking about your next meal? Are you not already concerned with, is this going to make me put on weight? Oh my God, I've failed. Oh my God, I've got something coming on the weekend. Oh my God, I've had a drink. I've done this. I've done that. The person's mindset is already centered around obsessive behavior around their weight. But then when they jump on the phone with me and they say, I don't want to become obsessive, you already are. You're already obsessed about all of these things that could potentially cause you to gain weight. So the reason that I, I'll give you all this context. If you work with me, you know exactly why I, what I'm about to say when it comes to why do I track. When it comes to tracking calories or jumping on the scales or macronutrients, I use them for data collection. I shift my client's perspective from stop putting the scales on a fucking pedestal. Stop putting absolutely everything that you use to justify your behavior, as I try to mute my phone. Stop using the scales or calories or whatever as a pass-fail grade. 
You can't fucking fail at this because it's your life. It's your health. You have it until you die. How can you fail at something that never ends? Even if you did the worst possible shittiest thing, like you've seen fucking MTV, my 600 pound life, or you've seen clips of it. Those people, yeah, they're about as close to failure as you can possibly get. But then what happens? They start losing weight. They start pushing the needle towards healthy. If you get to 600 pounds, you're probably fucked anyway. But there's a lot of other things at play here. But you can't fail at it because even if you just decide to improve it by 1% a fucking month, then you're still pushing yourself into the realm of healthiness. Might take you five to 10 years to actually become, oh, look at me, I'm like getting healthy now. But at least you can say I'm getting healthy or you can say I identify as someone that goes to the gym or one of my favorite shifts is I go to the gym. I'm missing the gym. When people initially sign up and they have gym anxiety or working out or self-conscious or whatever, the confidence shifts into it makes me feel good as opposed to I hate going to the gym because I hate the mirrors there or I hate this or people looking at me and judging me. They get through that gym anxiety and when they get through the gym anxiety, what fucking happens? They start showing up in real life because they're not worried and overthinking everything. They're just like, oh, this thing brings me joy or I'm going to do this and it makes me happy. So they go out and take action on it. They don't sit there fucking thinking about it for three years and then go, oh yeah, I should probably do something about it. But that's what everyone does. We overthink shit and talk ourselves out of it because you know your insecurities and vulnerabilities better than fucking anyone else on this planet ever will. So of course, when you subconsciously do not want to do something, you are going to negotiate with yourself, overthink and send yourself into a spiral of, you're right, that's why I should not do that thing. When if you just take the action, you're going to remove that doubt to start with. That's a whole nother podcast episode with procrastination and self-doubt. But for this one, if you keep putting those things like scales and tracking calories and all that shit on a pedestal and you say, this is the reason why for whatever negative bias or confirmation bias you have about yourself failing or not being good enough or worthy or whatever it is, when you jump on the scales and you look at it and you go, yeah, I knew it. Well, it's not the scale that's causing that, it's you. You're the one that is jumping on the scales and allowing them to hold this massive emotional power over you to say, yeah, you know what? You didn't lose weight this week. You're a failure. You suck. You can't do that. And you're the one that's putting all of that onto yourself. So what do you do when you get to that point? I'll come to that in a second. When it gets to that point, like this is the reason why people are so scared of jumping on the scales because they have that confirmation bias of not being good enough, like everything in the negative tier. So when it comes to doing that, if we can remove that and get away from like the guilt, the shame, the judgment and everything else that could come by potentially stepping on the scales and you saying, I knew it. I use them, calories, macros, scales as a measuring tool. The scales are a unit of measurement. Calories are a unit of measurement. Macronutrients are a unit of measurement. I am not using any of these stats to say this person's good, this person's bad, this person's a past failure, whatever. I'm using those to say, okay, if this person A eats 1600 calories a day on average, they end up losing weight. Awesome. They ended up losing a kilo this week. I could probably give them 200 more calories and they're still going to lose weight. 
Then I message the person, hey, how'd you go with nutrition this week? How was your sleep, energy levels, brain fog, recovery from workouts, all this shit that I take into account for someone's nutrition, not just did you lose weight, yes or no. I take in account to fucking everything that the person is going through in their life for their nutrition. Then I say, okay, cool. Do we need to make adjustments? Because I've had clients lose a kilo a week, lose one and a half kilos in a week. I had a client lose 14, 15, 15 kilos in 12 weeks. And during that time, is that typically a healthy weight loss for someone? No. But was she hungry all the time? Was she sleeping better? Was she doing like all these other metrics that made it okay for us to say, okay, we're going to stay here. There's no point in lowering your calories below 1500 if you're already losing a kilo, kilo and a half per week. Awesome. So on an individual basis, she was fine. And she fucking hated jumping on the scales beforehand because she started with me and I said, week one, day one, I need to get a starting point of where you're at. I'm not going to use it for anything other than data collection to figure out where we were so that at the end of the program, we can see just how far you've come. And then we ended up weighing in three times a week. And then we ended up losing 15 kilos or just under 15 kilos, whatever the exact number was. But she didn't want to jump onto it because she jumped on the scales and she was five kilos heavier than what she thought she was last time she jumped on the scales. And she goes, oh, fuck, it's worse than I thought. And I said, awesome. Just, just means we've got a hell of a comeback story. And then she ended up losing all that weight. We worked through a lot of emotions and trauma and triggers and all that shit and removed it. Then at the end of the three months, she was like, holy fuck, I'm a different person. I need to go to the gym. I want to go to the gym. I'm making time to go to the gym. I'm looking after my nutrition. I don't feel like shit when I've had a social outing with my friends or a failure when I, you know, deviate from the plan. I can just get back on track. And all these things that I fucking implore to do and put into someone's routine, mindset, lifestyle, whatever fucking word you want to use for it, for when they finish the program. Because that's all I want to do. For every single person that comes on board, I want to make sure you don't fucking pay me again. Because then I've done my job extremely well. You're more than likely going to go tell your friends, oh my God, this person was fucking expensive, but he completely changed my life. And now, two years later, I'm still seeing results and changing my life and using everything that I picked up from this guy's program two years ago. Get that from any fucking personal trainer at the gym. Get that from any fucking guru that's going to give you a templated workout or nutrition meal plan. You won't. But, got fucking hyped on myself there for a second. <laughs> oh, that's what happens when you get passionate about something. But, you're holding the scales and the measurements and these units of measurements, calories, macros, weights, kilograms, whatever. You're putting them on a pedestal and you're tying a massive emotional trigger to it then we need to figure out why that trigger is there and work through it and remove that trigger. But if we can get that perspective, I'll go through triggers on another episode, but if we can shift the perspective from like, just look at what is going on in your head or question yourself and your belief systems. If we can get deep on that shit and figure out why the trigger is there and then work through it, fantastic, we've done it. But if you can have the perspective to figure out what is going on in your head when it comes to the scales or what you want to do in your life regarding health journey, then we have a pretty damn good idea as to what the next step is going to be. Because if looking at the numbers sparks you in some sort of way, 
and then you're setting goals like I want to lose weight, but you're not tracking exactly are you losing weight and it's just guesswork, it is more than likely going to hit a point somewhere on your journey where you go, I don't even know if I'm losing weight. Is it really worth it? I'm doing all this shit. Some clothes are fitting better, so it must be working, but I don't really know. So it's a little bit of a catch-22 where you say, I want to lose weight, but I don't want to know if I'm losing weight. This is where the other unit of measurement comes in of measurements. They're an awesome metric to use because you can lose a lot of centimeters around your body without actually losing weight, which is very common for clients. They hit a plateau, but they feel amazing. And I go, awesome. Let's just stay on this for a little bit, have a bit of a diet break, and then we'll come back into it. And during the diet break, their measurements go down, but their weight goes up. How the fuck does that happen? More than likely, they're losing fat, putting on a little bit of muscle. That's why scales are not the world's best thing when it comes to figuring out body recompositions. Yeah, they're going to be insanely helpful, but they're not 100% necessary. If we're talking about bodybuilders and shit, yeah, you're more than likely going to have to jump on the scales almost every single fucking day. But I'm talking general populace and people that just want to live healthy. People that just want to have a healthy relationship with food and get away from the emotional healthy relationship or unhealthy relationship they have with food and scales and all that shit. So when people say I don't want to become obsessive about it, more than likely, they already are obsessive. They just don't have a number to attach to it. But when we can start to shift into the perspective of it's just data collection, we're just figuring out what works for you. Because if I say, yep, you can sign up, we're not going to track calories and macros and this and that, there's almost no accountability when it comes to nutrition. Hey, just make the healthy choice. Yep, no worries. I'm willing to bet almost every single person listening to this podcast or a preview of it has an idea what is healthy, quote unquote. More than likely, it's bright and bubbly and fucking acai bowls and like all this like, oh my God, health is like 100% and people go straight to the healthiest thing that they can think of. Or people that have done some sort of bodybuilding or gym work or a meal plan in the past, they immediately go to, how do I lose weight? Boring, bland meal plans, follow that, that's how I lose weight. And now they're stuck and they have no fucking idea how to lose weight outside of restricting themselves. And that's where a lot of people end up blowing up and putting on 20, 30 kilos. Because they go, if this is how I lose weight, it's not fucking worth it. So they don't do anything about it. But this is why you've probably heard me say, if you've been following me for a while, if not, then welcome. Welcome to the new catchphrase. You know what is healthy. It's not what do I eat, but how do I eat? Most people know what to eat. You should order takeaway once a week at max if you want to lose weight. Takeaway once a week at max. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, eat quote unquote healthy. As long as you're not eating like a fucking child that has freeway to a pantry when they get home from school, you're more than likely going to lose weight. If you have 10 kilos or more to lose weight, if you just treat yourself like your child, you're probably going to lose weight in terms of don't eat that dinner's coming soon. You can't have ice cream for breakfast. You can't have fucking, well, obviously your kid wouldn't be having alcohol 
but <laughs> you can't have alcohol on a school night or you can't be doing this or that. Whatever boundaries you set up for your child, you have more than likely abandoned yourself because you know how to take care of your kid, right? You know what's best for your kid or if you don't have kids, your pet. You know how to set boundaries for other people. Oh, they shouldn't really be doing that. They should probably be doing this. Setting those boundaries for yourself doesn't exactly work because what I said earlier in this podcast was you know your vulnerabilities better than anyone else. So you know how to self-negotiate to get what you want. So when there's no accountability in terms of, yeah, you can eat whatever you want, but we need to lose weight. What happens most of the time is people over-restrict because they go, I know what's healthy, but I don't know if I'm losing weight. I don't know if I should be eating this. I don't know how much to eat. And they become obsessive about it. There's just no number attached to it. So I argue the point, wouldn't it be better to remove that overwhelm and guilt and judgment and shame as to knowing exactly what and how much to eat? Don't you feel like that would be a lot more freeing to initially put in the hard work and say, I can have this much calories, protein, carbs, whatever. I can have this much and still lose weight. Holy shit. If I switch my macronutrient profile, have a lot of protein and carbs, I can have more food than I've ever had in my life for the same amount of calories and still lose weight, but be insanely full, have more energy and sleep better. But there's a number attached to it now. So I argue the point, if you don't want to become obsessive about it, they are usually the people that are already obsessed about it or have had some sort of obsessive tendency about it in the past. Eating disorders is an entirely different matter together that is very unique and individual to the person. So I'm talking about, again, gen pop, people that want a healthy relationship with food. So when it comes to that point, I argue, wouldn't it be better to have the educational insight into what is actually in your food so you know exactly how much and what and when to eat? If you're tired, you do this. If you need to recover from workouts, you eat this. If you need to do this, 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 then you do X, Y, Z. So there's no more overwhelm with it. There's no more frustration of, is what I'm doing enough? Is what I'm doing going to work? Am I actually losing weight? Then the pants start feeling a little bit looser and then you go, awesome. A lot of people get that reward and they go, sweet, they're getting looser. I must be losing weight. And because there's no accountability in terms of numbers or what they're doing, they go, sweet, it must be working. And they pull off the gas pedal a little bit and they let things go just a little bit more and they go, oh, they're getting a little bit tight. I'll go back to doing what I was doing. And then, you know, three, four, five, six months later, we're back where we started because we didn't put those foundational things in place. And if you don't know what is in your food, if you just grab things that look healthy and you're relying on the marketing company of the food that you are consuming to tell you if it's healthy or not, you're fucked. You're more than likely not going to know if it's healthy or not because the marketing company, the front of the pack is designed to get you to go, that looks good and then buy it. But if you flip it over, read the nutritional table, what's the protein, what's the calories or kilojoules, what's the carbs, what's the fat, what are all these things? That's where you'll start to have some insight into what your nutrition actually contains. And what usually ends up happening for 99% of my clients, they track what they're currently eating and they go, holy shit, 
I had no idea that the fat content in what I'm consuming is that high. I always thought it was healthy. People told me I had to get all of these healthy fats in. I go, yeah, you do. But if you're over-consuming any macronutrient and therefore over-consuming any amount of calories, if you burn 2,000 calories in a day and you're eating 2,500 calories of quote-unquote healthy shit, you're still over-consuming calories. You're still going to put on weight, which is more than likely going to lead to health complications because of the amount of weight that you're putting on. Can you be obese or overweight and healthy? Yes, 100% you can. It's rare, but it is possible. So I argue the point, wouldn't it be better to get rid of all of that overwhelm, all of that obsessiveness and everything that's in your head at the moment to give yourself an educational insight into what your nutrition contains, how it works for you, so that when we learn all that shit, we can take a fucking step back and we can just go, okay, cool. I roughly know what works for me, what is in the foods I typically eat, and how to eat for weight loss, how to eat for a body composition, how to eat for weight gain, whatever the fuck goal it is that you want. If you are not tracking the numbers or knowing exactly what's going into your body and then coming out of your body or whatever, it's going to be a lot of guesswork. And it's going to be a lot of frustration emotionally and mentally of, is it working? Is it enough? Should I do this? Should I do that? And there's always going to be a fuckload of questions around what you're doing as opposed to just knowing. Because, you know, I'm not saying you need to track. I've had very successful clients who haven't tracked in the past, but it is a fucking handy tool to have to eliminate a lot of dealt, dealt, wow. To, to eliminate a lot of doubt, overwhelm, frustration, and everything that I have just brought up. It may be scary initially, but if it's scaring you, I've, I've always led into, if it scares you, you're on the right path. Because clearly, this is how I got to this saying that I say, if it scares the shit out of you and it makes you uncomfortable, you know you need to do it. Because everything that you've done so far in being comfortable and making sure that your external and internal world both match and make you as comfortable as possible, you wouldn't be reaching out or seeking a health coach or a personal trainer or whoever to help change your life. Because comfortable clearly hasn't fucking worked. So it's going to take a short-term sacrifice of comfortability to get to where you want to be long-term. Be uncomfortable, adapt to the situations, learn some shit about yourself, nutrition, how to move properly, how to do all this shit. I've always said it. If you take a fucking simple year, if you just take a year out of your life to dedicate that to even six months to dedicate that to how do I move properly? How do I deal with this injury? How do I eat for weight loss? How do I eat for weight gain? When do I have a diet break? And investing into your health and mindset around all of that health, physically, mentally, emotionally. If you invest just six months, let alone a fucking year, you will never have to worry about it ever again in your entire life because you know how to do all that shit. And then it's just about discipline, holding yourself accountable to be quote unquote good enough so you don't blow out again. And that is always one of my biggest beliefs. And one of my biggest frustrations in the industry is how the fuck 
do I convince or why in the first place should I have to persuade people and convince people that their health and them and themselves is worth investing into? It's one of my biggest frustrations. I don't get it. It's probably because I've been at rock bottom. I've been through this shit and I've been through all the possible stuff that could come with neglecting yourself and your mental health and your physical health. I've been there. I've seen that as to what happens when you let it all go. So for me, I go, well, it's a fucking no brainer, right? Why wouldn't you spend 10, 20, $30,000 on, you know, you know, payment plans and whatever for whatever the fuck coach it is going to be, or a six week, $800 class or a 12 week, $1,500 fucking health coaching service. I don't know. But over the time of your health journey and investments, a lot of people weigh up the cost of my program for three, six months. Let's use six months because it's the more expensive one, the most expensive thing that I offer. Six months of health coaching for me. People often start up six months and they go, why the fuck did I not see this or do this sooner when they have often spent $10,000 in five years on programs, supplements, different personal trainers, different boot camps, different random fucking programs that have been, hey, you want to lose five kilos in six weeks? Jump on board. You want to do this and this and this? Jump on board. And they're all focusing on the band-aid quick solution. Then they see my program and they go, fuck, why did I not put all the money and time into this? Like, where was this five years ago when I was questioning my life and health and is it possible? But I always find it funny when my clients that work with me say I don't charge enough, but then the people that don't work with me go, that's a fucking ripoff. It's always different perspectives as to what's worth investing. And for me, there is not a single person on this soul that is going, <laughs> there is not a single person on this planet that is going to convince me that my program is not worth it or that it's too expensive or anything like that. Because all in all, I have put a fucking house deposit into my personal development. And I would not change a fucking thing about it. 60 odd thousand dollars into personal development. I would not change a goddamn thing about it. And there are people out there who have very different perspectives as to why wouldn't you get a house? Why wouldn't you do this? Probably because I want to fucking live my life and enjoy it and not have to work nine to five or whatever other job I could have to have a piece of fucking brick and mortar that is laying on a piece of property to then go 20, 30 years from now, I can sell it and go, huzzah, I has some money. Good thing I wasted my entire life to get some money. Money the exact same way as fat, it will come, it will go. But if you have a good budget or a good plan or a good healthy foundational idea as to what you're doing with your budget, it's very fucking easy to save money. It's very fucking easy to lose weight. Anything you want to do in this life can be very easily and simply obtained by having a decent plan, decent foundations and decent habits and behaviors behind whatever it is going to be that is going to get you to where you want to be in life, regardless of body composition or financial goals or anything like that. All you need is a decent plan. So that's while well, I'm speaking about money as well. 
If you're always overwhelmed with what the fuck is going on with weight gain, weight loss, plateau, fluctuations, it's like asking where all your money is going without checking your bank account. Yeah. You may know that you should probably stop ordering Uber Eats four times a week. That's a hundred odd dollars a week, which is over $5,000 a year. So you could know that you could know that spending all your money on those random impulse buys is terrible, but is that going to stop you? More than likely not. But if you allocate a budget and say, okay, I have $35 a week for Uber Eats. What does that get me? You are more than likely to stick to that because you have set yourself a budget and say $35. What can I get for that? Then you start looking, how can I make it work within those parameters that I've set for myself? Then you don't have to worry about literally fucking anything because you've got your budget. It's all on autopilot and you can just live your life and not have to worry about bills, expenses, taxes, all this shit, anything that is coming or going in terms of money, you've somewhat autopiloted that. And it's just on repeat. So now that is taken care of itself. What do you do? You're not as stressed. You're not as worried about anything that is going on. Are you going to have potentially random costs come in every now and then? Yeah, but there is no such thing as a random expense. If you have pets, you know, damn well, they're going to the vet at some point in their life, put money away for it. You have a car more than likely you're going to have to pay insurance or there's going to be a little bit of a ding here or there, or there's going to be mechanic costs. Everything that comes from a budget, people go groceries, phone, internet, mortgage, school fees, petrol. Yeah, that's about it. But they often don't branch off into the smaller things. Pet, vet costs, car, mechanic, insurance. Fucking, I'd bring up mine if it were directly in front of me. But... There is no such thing as hidden expenses because they're all there and they can be pretty much projected for. Then you can autopilot it or you can automate it and then it's done. You don't stress about it because as long as you roughly stick to your budget, you can still have an awesome life. You can still have your social outings. You can still do whatever the fuck it is that you want. It's just in moderation now. And you're still going to afford the house. You're still going to pay off the house. You're still going to do whatever it is that you want to be doing in life. It's just going to be in moderation. Exact same thing about knowing your calories, money in versus your calories out versus your expenses. It is the exact same thing. Yeah, you can probably take a guess and say, oh, is this going to lead to weight loss? Yeah, because again, if you order Uber Eats four times a week, you could say, nah, I'm only going to order it once because takeout four times a week is fucked, really. Then you start looking at, oh yeah, I should probably stop doing this and can probably put that here. But humans by nature, but humans by nature are very, very habitual creatures and very, and we tend to restrict when it gets to that point. So when it does get to that point, everyone usually goes, okay. Well, if I get rid of this habit, well, I can get rid of this one as well. Well, I can get rid of that. And we try to zero to a hundred, the whole fucking thing where it could just be, 
if you cut out a little bit of this and a little bit of that, you can still have everything and still lose weight, still have a healthy bank account, healthy relationship with food and the scales and yourself and your parents and your sisters and your family and fucking everything else. You can still have everything you want in this life, maybe just in slight moderation. So if you can switch the perspective around on the scales and the measurements and everything like that, do a short-term sacrifice to get the insight around nutrition and fuck, we're talking about it and your budget and your money and everything like that as well. If you can take a short-term sacrifice to slingshot yourself into the future, take a few steps back to load the slingshot, then let yourself go once you've got the educational foundation mindset and nutrition and budget and whatever fucking else you want, learn about something, invest into that thing so that when it gets to the point where, for example, you're not working with me anymore, you know exactly what to do and you just keep saving money. You just keep losing weight. You just keep moving into a happy, healthy lifestyle for whatever it is that you could possibly want to be doing, because that's all it is. Take some time, invest it into yourself, learn about whatever the fuck it is that you want to be learning about to achieve the goal or the lifestyle or the body or the mindset or whatever the fuck it is that you want to be achieving in this life. If you can take that short-term sacrifice to learn about those things, what do you think is going to happen for the rest of your life once you have that educational insight into either nutrition or money or whatever the fuck else it is that you want to be doing? You can learn from these programs, from coaches, mentors, family members, fucking absolutely everything, pile it all together, and you have that massive educational insight. Then the overwhelm goes away. The emotional stress around scales goes away. These are all just tools to get a unit of measurement for, is what I'm doing okay? Because by the end of it, by the end of any coaching program that most of my clients do, they're fucking done with calorie macro tracking and they go, cool, long as I roughly stick on this, I'll be pretty okay. Then they jump on the scales maybe twice a week and say, okay, cool, I'm still losing weight, awesome, I'll just keep going. Or the weight loss stops and then it starts going up. Then we ask, okay, cool, why is it going up? And then it's just a game of data collection. Is it correlating into the results that we want? Yes or no? Yes, keep doing exactly what you're fucking doing. Don't change a goddamn thing because it's trending in the exact same way. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it is broke, we fix it. We take a look at why it's there, why it's not going in the direction that we want, have a few questions and answers and whatever, try something different. Is it working? Is it not? It is working. Fantastic. Keep doing that. And then we just reassess what we need to be doing in the long term to go from there. But most people, when they stop calorie and macro tracking and they have a healthy relationship with food, it typically looks like Monday through Saturday afternoon, they're the healthiest version of themselves ever, ever. Then on Saturday night, they go off and they have a treat meal or date night or going out with friends or doing whatever. And they're just making small, almost insignificant, healthy choices. But that leads them to say, cool, I didn't blow out this weekend. I've put on a kilo from like, obviously Saturday night to Sunday morning or Monday morning. Yeah, you're probably a bit bloated from everything that happened. However, because we haven't put the scales on this giant fucking pedestal, I'm just gonna keep going on with my life. So then Monday through Saturday, they do the exact same thing. Sunday as well. They're more than likely gonna make some healthier choices. And then does that on a weekly basis correlate to them achieving what they want to achieve? 90% of the time, yes. The other 10%, yeah, you're probably going a little too, bit too uh, fucking ham there, Sarah. But <laughs> that's what we do. We put the foundations, automate it, 
and then it's easy and we get rid of fucking everything so we simplify the shit out of it i hope that helped in some regard if you have questions on any of that let me know but otherwise i hope you enjoy the rest of your day night morning week weekend whenever or whatever place that you are <laughs> listening to this from i hope you have the best time in the world and if you've got questions on it let me know or you've got something that you want to specifically hear from me or potentially a guest message me let me know because this podcast is for you so let me know if you've got any opinions thoughts tips tricks or whatever that you want to see me discuss or potentially even invite a guest that you really want to hear on if you think they're going to be a good guest message me let me know but anyway, have the best time in the world and I'll speak to you all very soon.